Hello there guys, what is going on? Daniel Childs back here again for my rational perspective on Borussia Dortmund 1, Chelsea 0, Chelsea lose in the first leg and man, when you think this season can't get any more painful, it, it sort of it adds an, an extra layer onto it. I think my analysis is, I think Chelsea played well. Um, I think that Chelsea create enough opportunities to score more than once tonight and it's kind of just like the classic Chelsea problem that we've been seeing for so many years now uh, at Stamford Bridge which is just a, a lack of a, a ruthless edge you know you look at the amount of shots on target compared to Borussia Dortmund and there are similarities between Saturday's game for me you know I think that there, there was a lot of positives about Saturday but it was one lapse in defensive concentration that cost Chelsea um and it's just, I think it's really difficult, you know, and it's really difficult again that Chelsea have to wait for another game on Saturday to find that, you know, confidence again because these players are taking a lot of knocks and I, I think they are playing better. I, I don't, once again, I think it, it's irrational to come away from tonight's game and think that Chelsea were woeful. They did absolutely nothing. You know, I think it's irrational to look at this performance and go, what were Chelsea trying to do? Because I, I just don't think the, the the stats from the game and I don't think the the evidence of what was in front of you tonight showed you a team that lacked ideas of how to get the ball into dangerous areas. That wasn't the problem tonight. The problem was a consistent problem we've seen, which is a finishing touch. Joao Felix had some good opportunities. Ziyech had some good opportunities. It was just, it was just so infuriating. It really was. And then... You know, there were moments of, of misfortune for Chelsea at times. Um, the fact that the corner that goes into the winner for um, Adiemi isn't called for offside. Um, Emre Chan just gets his leg there at the right time to clear the ball off the line after a Koulibaly effort. And that's, you know, Drow Felix hits the bar in the first half. You know, it, it's there are moments like that where you do kind of think it just shows, you know, those fine, fine margins that are just going against Chelsea. And it's not, you know, to make excuses. I think that Chelsea were poor in that costly moment. You know, the structure of the team can be blamed. Why is only one person back in a, against Borussia Dortmund of all teams in that ground? It's like one of the most obvious things is you get done by transition. It's a Bundesliga team. They're the most transition team ever and you get done on, on a transition that costs you the game. So I think you can be critical the, the structure-wise for Chelsea there. But I don't think that for me, my my personal opinion is that the the performance was woeful tonight, um, and you know, and you know that's the that's what makes it a little bit harder. I think in in sort of looking, you know, in in the long term, is that I you know we are st we still are integrating new players. I think it's a real positive that we're seeing Ben Sherwell and Reese James back on the pitch. I think Reese, as the game went on, started to look a lot more like himself. I think he gained a lot of confidence. Ruben Loftus Cheek, I think, is proving. At a point in the season, once again, that he can be a very valuable player, um, and we've got players coming back, and and I just you know it's it's just oh man, it's just so it's so infuriating because we are there are times you're watching in recent weeks, but it's like we are close to what I think would be any you win you know you win the game at um, you win the game at uh, Anfield that's a massive win. We even beat Fulham. I think that'd be a really positive win, even though it's not a ma you can't class beating Fulham at home as a massive win. But you know, very confidence boosting win after the January transfer window. But you know, it's always that kind of coach versus players thing, right? And I think that tonight's just such a prime example of how it's not always 
simple to blame a coach because we we said this, you know, it's a similar problem that I think Thomas Tuchel ran into is that if the players aren't putting away the chances and we're creating good opportunities, you know, I'm more infuriated as a fan if I watch games um, where I don't see much optimism, excitement, any, you know, just as a fan to get off your seat to feel like the team can score a goal. That wasn't tonight. That wasn't tonight, but it just, it felt so Groundhog Day. And um, that's just make, what makes this season so difficult. If you are new around here, make sure to hit that like button. Make sure to share this video around. If you want to listen to the podcast, thank you so much for tuning in as well. If you are listening after this, um, Son of Chelsea is a part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I think I was too off my predicted starting 11. Um, Koulibaly and who was it? Koulibaly and Loftus-Cheek were the two players. I, I predicted Kovacic. He didn't play any part tonight. Neither did Denis Zakaria. Kind of makes sense. These are two players who've just come back from injury. Even Wesley Fofana was on the bench, which, you know, kind of, you know, with these, with these um, you know, big Champions League squads that you have, you kind of just throw everyone on the, on the bench effectively. Um, we had two goalkeepers on the bench, uh, which was weird, but that's, that's the Champions League nowadays. Um, but I like the team. You know, I like the shape we're sticking with. I mean, as the game as the game went on, I think that you know, I, I, it was hard to know whether it was a four-two-three-one or a four-four-two. I think that Felix and Havertz, particularly in the first half, were operating for me more as kind of a close front two. Not entire. It made chances, but you know, Mikhailo Mudrik, I thought was going to get a lot more into this game. I think there were sparks with Ben Chirwell. Was kind of you saw how a dynamic fullback alongside Mikhailo Mudrik could really make some issues for defenses. You know, Mudrik going out wide, Ben Sherwell doing kind of his in his Edward run, which we've seen before from Chelsea. Um, and, and I thought that, that that made, you know, me excited about, once again, the future of what those two could do. Uh, but it was lopsided and as well, you know, it very much as the half went on and as the game went on, Mudrik unfortunately faded once again and was replaced, I think, by Mason Mount in the second half. It was a frantic, chaotic first half. 11 shots from Dortmund. Um, but the I think the closest either team got was Chelsea, and that was through Drow Felix. Um, the link-up with Kai Havertz was really encouraging. It really was. And, you know, I think that, uh, you know, I, I'm happy to be proven wrong on Drow Felix. Um, you know, I sort of made jokes about some of the stuff that has been said about Drow Felix in regards to Mason Mount in recent years. And, you know, I think that Drow Felix was someone that I looked at at Atletico Madrid and I just was kind of unconvinced, um, you know, what could he become as a player? But he's come to Chelsea and all right, you can sort of look at the game tonight and go, well, he doesn't score the chances, but he clearly is offering something Chelsea technically on the ball the way he's able to hold possession or at least win a foul, just change the tempo of things, the, the nice care within his passing that I think um, it, it's proving me wrong and I think is is looking like a player that could be a really influential one for the rest of the season. Um, he had a good performance on Saturday, scored a goal, unfortunately couldn't get that goal tonight. Um, but definitely I think with, with Kai Havertz, what Kai Havertz have been, has been struggling with, I felt that there were moments within the games where those two players linked up quite well, which we saw all the way back at Fulham on uh, Felix's debut. I want to go to the second half because you know Chelsea started the half well. Um, we had really, whilst the first half was quite chaotic and kind of very transition heavy, very Bundesliga style, the, I think the, the second half was much more Chelsea trying to compose things, trying to get on the ball, press and, and sort of pen Dortmund back in their own half. And I think it was working well, but then, you know, and it looked like Chelsea could score. Reese James had a good free kick that was saved by Coble, who had a, you know, really good performance from a Dortmund perspective. 
one person to defend a corner, I just structurally, I think is, is a worrying thing to happen. And with the way Chelsea are going at the moment, we're not scoring many goals at all. We are, you know, defensively, we're not awful. But when you have, I'm sorry if you're a long-term viewer and listener, I say this phrase a lot, margin for error. I'm mainly talking about in the in the final third, but it also, you know, reflects on your defence and it also creates extra pressure and, and puts pressure on your defence. If you if you are not scoring goals, there is no margin for error um, with that defence. Because if you concede one goal, you're in real problems, as we know, and we saw it tonight. Um, and Adiemi, you know, one-on-one with Kepa, done really well. Um, you know, it was, it was a massive moment for Borussia Dortmund who were, up against it and it was like on Saturday against West Ham and like in a lot of games I've seen from Chelsea this season the one thing I would say is I was a little bit concerned when we conceded that goal that Chelsea would collapse because I've seen that a lot this season when something goes against us we just completely collapse I thought Dortmund could score a second and then the game and the tie and, and the evening could look very very different um, I think Chelsea composed themselves and Chelsea were able to once again place Dortmund under pressure I think some of that was Dortmund kind of sitting back and trying to withhold a lead to take the Stamford Bridge which is understandable in a, in a two-legged tie um, but once again just that finishing touch it was just so near yet so far at times uh, Hakim Ziyech I felt looked better as the game went on I felt that there was some nice interplay between even you know when Mason Mount came on and Joao Felix had a chance which he hit straight at the goalkeeper late on and, you know, you look at the XG, which I, I do put a lot of weight into XG because I think over a period of time, it tells you something about a team's creativity and how good they are at fashioning good quality opportunities. I think if you look at the XG and you put some weight into it, Chelsea did enough to win or at least draw that game, um, at least score one goal. So you can't say coming away from this game that Chelsea were clueless. You know, that... I, I just I know people were very angry and frustrated at the moment. I'm frustrated at the moment, but it's I think you know we just take if you're just going to wipe that away and say that doesn't matter. I think that you know I, I just don't think that's a very reasonable way to look at you know the stats in front of us, um, and I just look at the context of this game, you know, which was a hostile atmosphere, which was which is a tense Champions League game, and I think that. Chelsea did enough or at least did enough in terms of creating good opportunities to to score more goals and the complexion of the game looks a lot different but you know we've been having this conversation now for at least half a decade around Chelsea's finishing um and you know I know they were saying on commentary oh you know getting to the summer and, and I've actually seen reports in the last week you know Chelsea going in for a centre forward but then I also wonder I, I you know we're still early days with a lot of these players you know Joao Felix scored at the weekend um you know maybe linking up with Kai Havertz a bit more we didn't have David Datra Fafana tonight who I'd like to see a bit more of and I'm not saying Fafana's going to bang in you know loads and loads of goals um but you know Nadi Manawake obviously wasn't involved tonight we had no Raheem Sterling no Christian Pulisic um so there were other players in and around you know who weren't available tonight for Chelsea who maybe could have made a difference in, in that department but I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you that Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang I think was the I think that's going to be a very easy narrative over the next few days I, I can imagine it why isn't Aubameyang in the squad you know I, I think that since October Aubameyang hasn't been doing much of, at all when he's been on the pitch for Chelsea um, you know so I, I don't I don't think that that's I think that that's a very easy argument to make right now and was always going to be an easy argument to make once that player was out of the Champions League squad for Chelsea. 
Um, but you look at the numbers so far in 2023, I think this is from Opta, four goals. Uh, Chelsea have scored just four in nine matches in all competitions, failing to score in five of those games. Um, they have drawn a blank in more matches this calendar year so far than any other Premier League club. And that's just, you know, it, it's just so concerning. It is, and I was saying this after the Fulham game, that, you know, that that has to turn. That just has to turn. You know, we can, I can sit here for as much as I want and look at XG. I can look at the structure of the team. I can look at individuals who have come in during the January transfer window who I think are giving something like Joao Felix, um, you know, signs from Mikhailo Mudrik, Enzo Fernandez, Benoit Badiashile, who wasn't involved tonight, um, Nadi Manawake. I can be excited about it. I think it's fair to be. Um, and I could talk about the injured players coming back, Ben Sherwell, Reese James. But until we start having results, it's very, very difficult, you know, to to have vindication for those things. And, you know, Saturday it is a pressure game for Chelsea. It is, I, I know that a lot of people, you know, it, it, it's it's a game Chelsea, of course, should be winning. And it's unacceptable based on Southampton's form and also based on what Chelsea's quality is to not win that game on Saturday. But it just piles more pressure on. And I think that it's it's just it's hard for me not to repeat myself and I think that's probably for a lot of you as well um based on what's been happening this season because it just feels like at times you are watching the same story and over and over again you know it wasn't it wasn't dreadful tonight it what I've seen you know if we contrast this performance with the one against I'm trying to think back to recent months you know Man City away in in the FA Cup uh Fulham away you know, the way I feel after those performances are not comparable tonight. And it's a very close game going into the second leg. Um, and it's, you know, quite a few weeks away. So Chelsea can maybe build up some confidence. But I don't know, man. I, I you know, it's just it's just brutal at the moment watching Chelsea. It really is. Um, and it, it's hard to go into many games with, with a lot of confidence. And, and even when you're, even when you're, you're sort of bracing yourself with disappointment, I, I feel like... Um, uh, MJ in uh, in No Way Home, um, where she says that you know, uh, if you don't expect disappointment, what is the, what is the quote? I think if you don't expect disappointment, um, if you expect nothing, you know, you won't be disappointed. I've completely butchered that that line, um, and I know Nick Williams from that Chelsea pod will be grilling me for not knowing that uh, quote off by hand. But you know, just you know, not expecting much, you know, at the moment, and you still get disappointed with, with Chelsea. That's the way it is this year, but. Um, Hopefully Chelsea can turn around. I mean, it's a quick turnaround in, in preparation for Saturday. I think that if we go by the evidence of tonight with with a lesser opposition, if we go with a similar group of players, I, I, I would hope that there is a reaction again on Saturday and Chelsea can get back on track and win. And, you know, with, with the, I, I said this before, West Ham, and unfortunately we didn't see it against West Ham, but I, I hope... Um, that with some of the opponents coming up for Chelsea, particularly at home, um, the likes of Southampton, the likes of Leeds, the likes of Everton over the next month, there is chance to fix some of these attacking problems. If not all of them can be fixed until next season, um, at least there can be some confidence before we reach that second leg. But it's going to be a massive uh, obstacle because it has been for so long at this club with a variety of players. So those are my thoughts. Um, it, it's just, It's just not fun is it it's just it's you you just think i have just been watching so many games recently from different leagues and you you sit there and it's like the odds surely like chelsea are going to get a big win at some point like some surely it's got to turn like the odds have to turn in our favor like from hunger games at some point like it has to even if it's just like one game i don't know if that game is going to be spurs away um 
but we, we can only hope at the moment because although tonight's performance in isolation, I think was, I'm not going to call it amazing because we didn't score, but was encouraging and I don't think was atrocious. I think you're being hyperbolic if you say that. Um, the criticisms that have, have remained about this coach, this group of players, I think will, will mainly be sticking after tonight. Maybe I'm being too harsh and being too reactionary myself, but uh, those are my thoughts. Thank you guys for watching. Follow me on Twitter at Chelsea, and I will see you again very soon. All the best.